Zombie fucking babies. <laughs> Zombie babies. Zombie babies. Jesus Christ, Doc, you disintegrated Einstein. Disintegrated Einstein. Einstein. Welcome to Science at the Movies, a podcast that looks at the role of science in some of our best loved and most hated movies. I'm Abby. I'm Frida. And this week's movie is The Girl with All the Gifts. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why did you say girl as if you were Scottish? The girl. The girl with all the gifts. What just happened? I don't know. <laughs> Okay, cool. <laughs> well, I've just come straight from straight from sciencing, straight to podcasting. Hey. Put down the science, pick up the podcast, all within the same computer. So I actually just didn't move at all. <laughs> because um, of the time difference, I've come straight from sleeping to coffee to podcasting. There you go. Um, yeah, we've started... Well, yeah, we're a little bit, little bit earlier than we used to be. So I am less tired than... Usual, you are more drowsy yeah. than usual. <laughs> Which I think is actually good. That's a really good thing. <laughs> we, I need to be... Why? Because our temperament? Because I, I, I think I get way too hyped up sometimes. And I'm like, <laughs> sometimes I listen back or when I'm editing and I'm just like, just to hear myself. And I'm like, just tone it down a little bit. Like, it's too late. <laughs> As, when I'm in a good mood, I'm in a monotone. Yeah. So when I'm tired, I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) so, and it's really clear. So we needed to to change the times. Here we are a little bit earlier. Great. So you're in the cupboard. I'm in the cupboard. (laughs) We're all in the cupboard. How's it going over there in London? Yeah, it's good. It's, um, it is what it is. It's, it is what it is. Um, (laughs) I don't really know what to say. Nothing is. Uh, we went up to Oxford for the day yesterday. That was quite nice. A little stroll oh, around, awesome. took some photographs. It was actually a really nice day. It was like, oh, hello. Hello, sunshine. So. It's beautiful here as well. Oh, really? It's like stunning weather. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's beautiful weather. Do you know what I think is a really good outcome of all of this pandemic? <laughs> oh, God. Tread carefully. Not the word, not the word webinar. <laughs> no, that. I will say that nobody just answers that they're fine for the sake of it. We've yes. just given up doing that shit. When someone says, how are you? People just say the answer. Never before in the history. <laughs> Usually you just go, oh, yeah, I'm good. But now no, everyone's like, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> not great. Yeah. And we just share our negative feelings about life together. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's great. We're not pretending anymore that we're great. We're not great. Yeah. None of us are fine. None, None of, of us, us are, are fine. fine. We're not fine. <laughs> okay, I have I have something as well, another little mm. bit. My son, Raf, he's seven. He's he's in, he's been out out of school since you know what, March? Yeah. At home, bouncing a ball all day, bounce, 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 bounce. Bouncing a ball. But he wrote a poem about spring. You okay, ready? Go. Okay. It's an acrostic poem, so every line of the poem starts with S-P-R-I-N-G, spring, right? Ready? Spring is sunny, sunny and light. Plumage grows on beautiful trees. Roses grow, 
violets grow, and more beautiful things grow and grow. Insects scuttle, plants grow, fancy plants grow, grow, grow. Nourishment is there for every human and animal. Green grapes bloom and other fruit. Hey! <laughs> Way to go, Ra! I know. <laughs> and I just think that leads us straight into the movie. Hey! Very nice. Stuff that grows, 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 grows is definitely a theme yes. of the movie. This week's film. This is true. Which is... Bum, ba, da, bum, bum, Colin McCarthy's The Girl with All the Gifts. Are you doing it again? The Girl? The girl. I can't act. I can't the do girl. it. <laughs> That's from the Chronicles of Narnia in the first book, and he calls her The Girl. The Girl. Um, I just like it. Um, all right. My movie choice, I'm giving the summary. We're ready? Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, I'm ready. Please, please do, please do refresh our minds. It's science zombies, science zombies. Wow. <laughs> Melanie, Melanie, played by Senya Nanua, is a zombie girl living with other zombie children in a heavily guarded facility. When they are not isolated in their little cells they sit in classrooms strapped to wheelchairs and listen as their teacher miss justin reads them stories about for example pandora so that we the audience know the themes of the movie they were infected in utero becoming a human zombie hybrid called neonites they ate their way out of their mothers yep and scientist Dr. Caldwell, Glenn Close, thinks that they hold the key to human immunity to the fungal infection that caused the zombie apocalypse. I mean, by dissecting them. Melanie appears as an exceptionally smart and empathetic girl. Caldwell runs psychological tests on Melanie to ascertain whether she is human or a human body controlled by the fungus with the ability to mimic human behavior. Dr. Caldwell poses Schrodinger's cats to Melanie so that the audience understands that this is also a theme for the movie. <laughs> As Dr. Caldwell gets ready to dissect Melanie, the base is overrun by hungries and they are forced to flee the base. Justino, Caldwell, Melanie and a couple of privates led by Sergeant Parks. They flee into the city looking for salvation and we see the extent of the devastation. Slowly, the members of the group warm to Melanie and Melanie to them, but by and by, we are led to wonder which is the side of good, which is the side of evil, or perhaps that the forces of nature have simply decided that the age of humans is at an end. <laughs> oh, stop. That well, sound. Oh. Fun. That sound, well, that the sound that the zombies make in this, excuse me, excuse me, hungries, make in this movie is they took it from a sound that a cat makes. Oh. When they're sort of looking at stuff, looking out a window, looking at stuff, getting all hunty, oh. they make these clicking sounds. So, um, great I movie. I don't know that about kitty cats. Now you do. Did you like the movie? I did. I have weird feelings about it. I don't know why. 
that's all right. I mean, it is accidentally. We've sort of accidentally done two pandemic yes. movies, two apocalypse movies, and then three apocalypse movies because Sunshine is an apocalypse, mm. then 12 Monkeys, Apocalypse Pandemic, and then this is Apocalypse Pandemic. We've sort of done these kind of doubles where we do like sun- space movies followed by space movies, alien movies followed by alien movies. Um, so pandemic film... This will be the last for a while, would yeah. you say? Yeah. Because in doing the research for this one, actually, I was kept, oh, I was kept awake at night oh. <laughs> with with just like, ah. um, so I can understand the weird feelings. Yeah. And I just want to say one other thing, which was that this is my mum's recommendation. Yes, yes, this so, is yeah, this is the first movie yes. we've done that's been recommended. That's been a recommendation. Yeah great amount of science in this movie they tried to science zombies and the research was very very fun so good good recommendation as far as this podcast goes in terms of science content so thanks mum um but well about the movie so tell me about your weird feelings well, that's my you, weird feeling it's so from? funny that we have a different opinion on it because for me i felt like the science was kind of there then it was gone and it was a zombie movie mm. and i was kind of Oh. I think I was sat there waiting for to take all my science notes and I was missing the movie. Mm. So zombie movies, I, I just want to say I love zomb- zombies. Okay. Zombies is one of my favorite <laughs> kinds of movies. It's definitely my favorite kind of apocalypse. I really love it, although although I have issues with fast zombies yes. as this was. Classic. But the thing about zombie movies is that when zombie movies are good, I feel like they really go overboard with the deaths and the killing mm. and the zombies. And this didn't this didn't camp it no. up with the zombie deaths. It didn't. It was not gratuitous at all. But I I actually think that zombie movies can afford to be gratuitous because people are really there for that. So this this definitely was tried to give a scientific explanation of zombies, and we'll, we'll get way into that later on. Um, it tried to bring up some uh, big issues about. Um, experimenting on children, I suppose, and, and about the age of humans and forces of nature and all mm. these sorts of things, but it didn't go all out. It was very, uh, it was a very uh, simple zombie movie, which is, I think, there's a few of those movies out which are kind of lower budget zombie films because you don't need yeah. a whole heap of money to do zombie zombie movies. Just super low budget. Um, it was like four million pounds mm. it cost to make. Um, super simple but it definitely wasn't um it wasn't yeah it wasn't gratuitous it didn't camp it up um um why is it that zombie movies are your favorite what what is it about this genre that you really go in for because it's just the perfect analogy to dread (laughs) to and and that's why I i have issue with fast zombies and Fast zombies are good. I mean, this is post-zombie apocalypse, so we don't see the zombie apocalypse, but I think fast zombies, it just happens. It's just too fast. Mm. So you don't have the dread that with slow zombies, the thing about zombies is that you can easily outrun them. You know, it's not a horde, not so much, but you can easily outrun a zombie. So what the what the genre does is it allows the humans to sort of gather together and become terrified oh, okay. and not be able to go outside. And then what ends up happening in a lot of zombie, good zombie films is that it's the humans and their paranoia and their dread, which sort of tears them apart and destroys them in the yeah. end. So it's, it's just, just an analogy for a very slow moving dread. And I think is, is very, 
it's very human. It's a very understood thing, I think, across like all people understand what it means to just have a, a something slowly closing in on you or a dread oh, okay. or a fear I didn't think of something. About it in that so, way. Yeah. Um, it's just it's a great genre, I think. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a best do you have a best part of the movie? Before we talk about cast. Um best bit. The thing that comes to mind is the scene when they're in London and they're walking through all of the zombies and there's the one with the pram yeah. comes along out of nowhere and you're oh, like, what is going shit. on? And just that moment <laughs> where um, I think they did that really nicely, like where Glenn Close like goes, uh, Dr. Caldwell like puts her foot out and stops it. <laughs> she just needs to So see. it was good. If that was a good kind of suspense moment that, yeah, I was, I was into that. Um, but speaking of Dr. Caldwell, we can talk about the cast. Um, Glenn Close, as we have Wait, Glenn Close have a best as, bit? as a scientist. Oh, what was yeah. my best bit? Oh, my best bit, my best bit is definitely Melanie fighting off feral oh, children. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll move on yeah. really quickly because I know that sounds. <laughs> um, I know what that means. Okay. All right. <laughs> Cast. Melanie. Speaking of Melanie, she's fucking awesome. I don't know. She was, they interviewed 500 wow. kids, auditioned, interviewed. She was the last kid that walked through the door. Really? The last kid that walked through the door, which is, I mean, I'm sure there's some psychology behind that as well. Yeah. You know, The last girl that she walked in the door, she was the very, very last one. She's so amazing. She's amazing. I, yeah, so Where'd they find this her? is another place where I have really weird feelings, but I think it's a good thing. Okay. Because okay. I agree with you. I think she was really good, but I just really disliked her. <gasps> but, I got weird feelings. <laughs> I got weird but I didn't, feelings. I didn't dislike her in terms of I'm saying feelings. I disliked the actor. What I mean is like she played okay. that role really well. She had that kind of, like, she was mm-hmm. perfectly that know-it-all kid where you're just like, oh, for fuck's sake, could you just shut up sometimes? But also, like, <laughs> really? she was, yeah, she's, like, <laughs> like highly inquisitive, you know, always knew the answer, always a hands-up, always, you know, she's just that kind of normal, normal, like, smart know-it-all kid who hasn't kind of figured out how you interact socially really just yet, but she's trying to learn. Okay. But yeah. she was so creepy. To me, she was, she was so creepy, creepy the whole way through because there was never a moment where they made her be extremely likable or to be really disliked. Do you know, she she played that kind of, I felt that idea that is it her or is she mimicking? No, yeah, yeah we don't you got know. that because she was playing that kind of know-it-all character, it, kind of, it came across as she could just be mimicking the whole way through. So yeah. I did, I just... I felt like it was a really good balance because I wasn't rooting for her and I wasn't massively against her. So it allowed me to kind of go through what was going on without any expectation and get to the end and have it be kind of like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, she she grew on me throughout the movie. There's an amazing bit of the movie where the other private, the one who's not the main cast member, so he's dispensable. (laughs) <laughs> How do they always Kieran, know to not kill off main cast members? Um, but he he walks out and she kind of follows him in a sense. Mm. She's going to get something to eat. She's in some hungry. 
And they played as if she's stalking him, like she's yes. waited for him to go. They played out very clever and I, I t- totally believed it. And then that you see her eating uh, some bird, of, bird mm. of prey. Yes. Who else is in the cast? We have Glenn Close. How did they get her? She's all, she's plays uh, Dr. Caldwell. And Gemma Ayrton is Miss I... Just to Know. Miss Just to Know. She's lovely. Yeah. And then my favorite actor was actually Patty Considine oh, yeah. as Sergeant Parks. I love that guy because he, he was, was so very, like he had a he had a very clear straight up redemption arc and I was down for it. <laughs> he was just nice, like he was scared of her. Yeah. I love that when she's they're like you're scared of a child and he's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I ain't stupid. I it, like I mean no, he was a complete ass at the start. Yeah, seemed then, to be. Well, he was like, they're monsters. What are you doing? You fuck. Yeah, but like, I mean, I think, there was that moment know, as well where he left her locked up in the chair. Oh, that was very, very yeah. mean. Yeah, so it was like... But also, he was like, you're a shit. Yeah. I know you're a shit and you know you're a shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think it's not necessarily unwarranted yeah. because we didn't trust her. She was way too creepy. Yeah. She was so unnatural as well. Yeah. Gross. But I kind of struggled a little bit with the Miss Just to Know character because firstly, Gemma Arterton is one of my favourites. I absolutely adore her as really? an actress. I think she's wonderful. Um, I just I just like her. I like interviews with her. I, I think she's great. I bring up Gemma Arterton because um, the Miss Just to Know character, the only reason I struggled with it was I really liked her character. I really appreciated the struggle she was going through, but I felt like they... I felt like we were missing the start of that. Do you know what I mean? Like her empathy is so strong. Mm -hmm. But her empathy is so strong specifically for Melanie. Not just for all the kids. Like she has a really specific... She wants to save Melanie. And she's not as worried about the rest of the kids. And I just felt like, are we missing like a, a little connector at the beginning where they've developed some sort of a personal relationship above the other kids? Yeah, I think Mel... Yeah, I definitely think Melly is supposed to be extra, extra intelligent, extra on the ball. She definitely puts her hand up more than the other kids. Mm. Um, and also she's, it's sort of like uh, she's being questioned by Dr. Caldwell. Dr. Caldwell asks her to pick a number between one and yeah. 20. Not anybody else. And she basically picks the kid that goes off to be dissected. She says 13. The next day, cell 13 is Do you missing, think that's got something? Which tells oh, sorry, go on. Yeah, well, it just tells me that she's being treated somewhat differently. Like, she's extra yeah. smart. They're watching her extra closely, that she sort of seems to be exceptional. Yeah. She is. What was your question? Oh, it doesn't actually matter. I was going to say, do you think that um, that Caldwell does that, that it, it shows some sort of a... Um, but we can come back to that when we talk about her later, actually. All right. Anyway, but I mean, talking of speaking of Dr. Caldwell, I miss just to know, miss just to know <laughs> that they obviously bring up a couple of they love analogies in this movie. <clears throat> so first, we we hear about Pandora's box. Pandora, Pandora was a girl. Is obviously the girl with all the gifts, um, with her box, and all the horrors of the world are in the box. And if that's released, then that's where all the horrible things in the world come from. So that's the story that they she chooses to tell the kids. Um, and so we're we're obviously living with the tension that there's a Pandora's box 
here somewhere or Melanie is Pandora and she's got the box of horrors and then of course at the end of the movie she opens the box as it were um, to release the infection onto the world in a devastating way the other thing that they bring up is and they probably should have stuck to one or the other Mm. too many box too many box analogies is Schrodinger's cat is the cat alive is the cat dead is Melanie alive is Melanie dead I guess these are themes, I guess you would say, of Mm -hmm. the movie. But what I want to know is, what is your trope of the week? (coughs) Welcome to the first section, trope of the week. Abby, any tropes? Might be time for Maya to bring in that uh, cat sound. (laughs) (laughs) My trope is... Oh, I just... Do you know what? I don't even know how to formulate it properly. I just wrote down Schrodinger's cat. Because it's just this thing that happens. It's like, oh, we're doing science. Let's talk about Schrodinger's cat. Because Schrodinger's cat. every science show ever has always had to have a moment where they've got to bring in Schrodinger's cat. Because that's a thing. Like, it's a great thought so experiment. I totally get it. Cat. Fine. But like, I was just like, oh, I, I actually rolled my eyes. And I didn't want to. And I didn't mean yeah. to. It was out of it was a genuine reaction. I was what I was like happily watching along, happily enjoying the exchange, and then Melanie, <laughs> have you heard of Schrodinger's cat? And I just went, Ugh <laughs> took out my notebook. <laughs> I was like What was she trying to do? What was she trying to do other than to tell other than to wink to the audience yeah. about Melanie? <laughs> it was just a wink to the audience, like you know? So it was like that isn't a question she would ask. Yeah, it, I don't know. I just, I, I just, I rolled at it. I was just like, oh, here we go again. Fair enough. Kitty cat. Fair enough. Good one. What's yours? All so right. yeah, what was What's your my trope? Okay, my trope is the how in zombie movies no one ever says zombie. Yeah. No one knows what a zombie is in zombie <laughs> movies. They just use. I, I, I found this comic, on tvtropes.org. The comic has a bunch of people say, thanks for letting me in. There are zombies everywhere out there. What? <laughs> the things that are trying to eat us. Oh, you mean the infected? The biters? The ambulant deceased? No. Zombies. <laughs> like Dawn of the Dead? Zombies? Is she delirious? <laughs> Someone's like, I think she's speaking Canadian. It's so true. It's like every movie where they do it. Like, yeah. Have you never seen a zombie movie before? No one's before? ever heard of zombies. <laughs> It is a rule that nobody is, and and I was like reading into why why that is, and it's for realism because in, like, in the universe where you watch zombie movies, zombies aren't real. Oh, okay. So when it happens in real life, they are real. So you can't call them zombies because then they're not a real yeah. thing. So if let's just say Glenn Close's character watched zombie movies all her life. She knows that that's fake, and so in her movie land, it's real, and therefore she can't say zombie. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> All right, good tropes, good tropes. Okie dokie. All right, let's get into some science. Science? Science zombies. <laughs> so I think, well, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the, let's start with our different environments, I think. Okay. What do yeah, you reckon? Sure. All right, let's start. Let's let's begin with the military facility, this underground military facility where basically a lot of humans have died because of a virus and here we are at this underground facility where scientific research is taking place. 
You're yeah. right. It's all very sciencey. We have um, a bunch of scientists in the lab and a bunch of, I guess, children are being dragged off one at a time to be dissected because who cares? It's the future. So I don't know. What what do you reckon about? And you want to say anything about the military facility? Yeah, I don't know. I find that a little bit confusing. I was like, oh, I wonder if they have such hatred towards them, then why are they teaching them? But I guess they were maybe assessing their abilities and their and their understanding. Mm. So maybe that teaching environment was a bit more of a psychological kind of test of what they were doing and stuff. And then yeah. yeah. Totally. I think that the school is really, it's its ostensibly a school, but really it's there as, a, as they're trying to figure out what they have on their hands, I guess. What yeah. are they? Yeah, no, that yeah, makes and sense. And is it immunity? Yeah. That makes sense. On that note, let's talk about Dr. Caldwell, actually, because because I, I had, I mean, she was harsh. She was definitely harsh and she was hardened. And she was doing a job, even though it involved something which was kind of horrific and disgusting, which is dissecting, putting down children and dissecting Mm. them. But you're saying your impression of her is that she didn't give a shit about them, that she was possibly a villain character. Did you think that she was a villain? Did you think that she... Yeah, I just felt I I think you're right. She just had this harshness. And so I think like me saying she didn't give a shit is probably too much. It was more just a case of like she was like... It's the same way all the military people were behaving towards the children. She's like, these are not children. And even if they are children, she's like, everybody in the world is going to die. And do we, like me having to do this right now, yeah, maybe it's not the best thing. Maybe it's not the ideal thing. But it's either this kid dies or everyone in the world dies. And that's the choice I'm willing to make. Yeah, she was she was hardened as well. It was yeah, an awful situation. And, they I, were and in. I did feel that kind of. I felt that slight as the as the events of the movie went on, as things became more and more intense, and things started to kind of fall apart. I think maybe she started to take bigger risks because, and that thing with the pram, Desperate. where it was like, well, the base has been run over, the lab is gone, this is gone, this is gone, but I still need to know. This is new information mm. and I need to figure it out. So I think maybe she just got it way into her kind of like, I need to have my conclusion to understanding what is happening before I die kind of thing. And maybe that's why she started to seem a little bit riskier. Yeah, because she, she was dying. Mm. But she she definitely pulled some big villain mm. moves by the end of it, just knocking everyone out to like yeah. cut Melanie up. I mean, it was like clearly desperate. She wasn't... She wasn't going to save humanity, but then again, do you blame her for trying? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, like, what else are you going to do on your last, like, day on yeah. Earth? Um, speaking of that environment, um, that they, that with the airlocks, that military... <laughs> airlock drama! Mobile... <laughs> airlock drama! Fuck yeah! <laughs> Fuck yeah, Abby! Airlock drama. It's everywhere. I, I was like, we're not even in space and it's we have an airlock drama scene. What? Did you close the airlock on Miss Justin now? Airlock drama. Oh, okay. So that that mobile lab, that's the second environment mm-hmm. of science they get you, this awesome mobile laboratory. I did as much Googling as I could muster and nothing looks like that that's currently available, <laughs> let me tell you. All I'm thinking is like blood donor vans. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. It's actually what they look like. They just look like trucks, big trucks. But the, cause, because actually, with the Ebola, <clears throat> the Ebola outbreak, 
um, in Africa, and and it was a, in a few countries in Africa. They were driving, <clears throat> driving across the continent, and this was like a big issue. Not having like accurate, like not having good mobile apps. They had like their boxes on the back oh. of like a pickup truck boxes and so so mobile lab was was invented it was made and and it, it can have a biosafety level of two or three and it comes with almost 10 meters of lab bench space it's kind of like the size mm. that one minus 80 degrees freezer so that has a dry ice in there classic satellite communication two generators that can run on dirty diesel fuel that's common in african countries it, it can traverse up unpaved muddy roads it has a reinforced door and a security system to keep people out it seems like similar like this its roof can be lowered by about 40 centimeters so that it can be carried in by a hercules military plane oh okay cool that's cool sounds like actually super i couldn't see a picture the picture on the article looked like just a, a big truck but this looks this doesn't sound like that what they're describing sounds like in mm. this movie it sounds it sounds kind of exactly the same secure secure from people and secure from pathogens with all the bench space and all the technology that you need to carry out science yeah but anyway yeah this movie definitely has like a big theme of science where human humankind has been forced into a situation because of all these reasons and therefore the the survival of humanity really depends on science and scientific research. So that's definitely a big, big part of the whole story of the movie is we need science to save us. We need science to keep yes. going. Yeah. But um, as far as the science of the movie, the actual science, it's very true that they tried to make this movie based on real life science. Okay. And it gives us some science in the movie. Did you pick up on that? I, it went so... It, what are you eating? No, shush. Wait, what are you eating? Okay, I'm having a donut. Tell me. I'm having a breakfast. Chocolate? Don't worry, I'm not going to eat on yeah, the microphone. Tell, I'm, not, I'm not that person. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so what? my understanding was what? it yeah. was a fungus. Um, a fungus. And that, a fungus that had adapted or existed in some way where it fed on... Meat, I guess. It's a carnivore, carnivorous fungus. Ophio, <laughs> Ophiocordyceps unilateralis. Yes. Okay. Please do explain Ophio- this to me because I was just like, it's a fungus that's eating meat. <laughs> oh well, I don't mind if I do explain <laughs> it to you. <laughs> okay, it's a real. Fu- it's a real thing. Ophiocordyceps unilateralis. Okay. Sorry, I've interrupted you saying the it's name. It's called. Again. It's called a zombie fungus. Actually, is the nickname. Are you for real? Zombie fungus. Oh my god. Okay, so yes, it's a real thing. Okay, so this 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 guy, his name is Joao Arajo, is so he's actually a PhD candidate from the CDC, and he was the codicite uh, the codicite core diceps expert on the movie they had an expert on the movie and he does actually study the zombie fungus it's a real thing it is found in tropical forests and it does control the behavior of the host okay but but so it actually works on ants and insects but on ants what it does if the ant like is infected with the fungus it causes the ants to leave their nest well, first of all, it rapidly overcomes the immune system, spreads all over its body, 
And then after about two weeks of being infected, the ant will leave the nest and go up, start traveling mm. up to die. He bites a leaf or a twig and dies like that. Aww. So, and, and once it's dead, the stalks grow out the back of their heads. <gasps> and then because they've gone up to the understory, it drops the fungal spores down onto the colony below and the cycle can <gasps> begin again. Shit. Oh my God. It's real. That's really cool. That's exactly what they show in the movie. That's so cool. I love when a movie takes a concept of something and then it's like, you know, this is a real thing. And yeah, okay, fine. It doesn't happen in humans. But what if? That's one of my favorite things of the way that they do that in movies. Go on. I know. Funny you should say that. So in the movie... There's this whole mystery of like, why do they congregate together? And Melanie's like, this just to know, maybe they're lonely. (laughs) And it turns out that they are drawn together so that they can combine forces and make this massive structure. Cool. Which then grows spongy. Is that what they call it? These pods filled with spores. As high as possible, waiting for some kind of a natural event to happen like a fire or a flood Mm. to burst them open so that they bring them all together so the fungus grows out of them and you see a lot of the uh, hungries are growing are in various stages of this they have some Mm. of the fungus on their faces and they they congregate together form a big structure where they can grow a tall big fungus tree so the spores can be released from the top and have as far reach as possible when it finally does explode right it's 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 sort of similar is this why they're all gathered because that really confused me i was like why when they're when they're walking through them you know there's so many of them just standing still and i was like why are they just like a huge amount of them just standing there all very close to each other why is this random thing that they're doing that makes more sense now pulling with other fungus okay yeah exactly So that's that's what happens in the movie, but okay. And you and you said a funny thing. What if it happened in humans? It happens in insects and spiders. And you'll say, look, it doesn't happen in humans, but like I love that it's a real mm. thing. So okay, the zombie fungus does only happens to arthropods, insects, and spiders. So there isn't much chance that it can happen with humans. But. This guy said, Araho said that he wouldn't rule out that it might happen in a human species. Why not, right? Like he he says, quote, a viral bacterial fungal apocalypse sounds pretty reasonable to me, he said. (laughs) All right. Before my next bit, you ready for this? Mm -hmm. Okay. I apologize in advance. Fungal infections in humans? Could it be? Actually, there is is a lot of truth to this. Maybe not now it will affect humans, but there is a lot of evidence to suggest that if not that fungus, fungal infection, but other fungal infections could eventually infect humans because, and this has been discovered with the, with the emergence of a fungal infection that has been found in humans across different parts of the world called Candida auris, mm-hmm. all right? which didn't exist before, and then all of a sudden, people around the world are getting affected with it, which has led to this crazy theory about fungus and humans. Oh, my God. Okay, hold on to your Wait, chair. Wait, can I just... Are you ready? Before, okay, so before you go into that, 
I just want to ask you. Yeah. Um, because yeah. you're saying about like, so is it that there's different types of fungal infections? Because don't we get like fungal infections in, uh, it's, uh, I hate saying this, but like in toes and Some. stuff like that? In nails yeah, and yeast and all the candy, candy. There's many different types of yeast infections, candida, and all this kind of thing, but not necessarily deadly ones. Oh yeah, okay, and not of okay, this cool. Kind of type. I don't know so much about the. There's there are types of fungal infections that we yeah. get, for sure, that humans do get that are not particularly okay. dangerous. But we're, we're certainly you're, okay. not deadly. School me on a dangerous one then. But largely, <laughs> fungus leaves humans alone. Largely, fungus leaves humans okay. alone. Okay, because they are much more adapted to cooler temperatures Uh, and we are warm. Okay, that is the thing about that is the reason. And people actually think that that is the reason why why we had the age of mammals after the Jurassic era, because after the asteroid came and destroyed uh, all the dinosaurs and we had the end of that reptile era. It's possible that there would have been another reptile era after that because reptiles are pretty, like, thrive much better. They they need less food and they reproduce much more. Whereas humans, they need to eat constantly and we reproduce much slower and mammals also reproduce much slower. So why after the um, Jurassic era... Um, did mammals arise as the uh, was it the age of mammals? Did they rule the earth? And and people do theorize that this was because of fungi, 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 fung, fungi <laughs> fungus, fungi were, and they can see that by looking at the. Um, I'm getting my geology wrong, but looking at the like the sections of rock and stuff from that era are full of spores. And so there's a lot. And because there were cooler temperatures at that point as well, and the sun was covered up and all of that, it was a great time for fungi, okay. right? So the reason why reptiles didn't emerge again as um, uh, for another reptile reptilian era is because they are much more susceptible to fungi. You keep saying fungi. Is so that there a, a lot of fungi. What fungi? Fungus. Fungi is just oh, plural. Okay. Fung fungi. <laughs> I I don't know fungi. I feel really uncomfortable saying fungi. I just I hurts. But like I think that's how you say it. So I'm gonna say fungi. I'm sorry. It sounds bad. It just sounds bad. But anyway. Fungi infection. It just obviously sounds like vagina yeah. and a fungus and an infection. I know. I'm sorry. It's just how you say it. Okay. Well, I would say it fungi. Reptiles. <laughs> so, but so, I don't need so to say this word, fungi. so you please do continue. He's a fungi. <laughs> so reptiles, they know that awful joke. Reptiles. Okay. So the reason why there wasn't a, sec- a second age of reptiles, which there should have been, after the dinosaurs is because they get a lot of fungal infections. And in fact, that is the reason why lizards sit on rocks for ages uh, to sit on rocks, sit under the sun for ages to warm up. You know how lizards do that? Because they're getting rid of fungus. If they sit for hours in a day, they heat their bodies up. It's enough to like get rid of the fungus. Fungus does not like warm temperatures, Mm. but in general, they're more adapted to reptiles to, and to ants and to insects and things like that and not to humans. However, I don't know if you heard about this, but this thing is like called climate change and like the earth's kind of like warming. And like what that's kind of done is like the fungus is like adapting to warmer temperatures. Oh, and like basically it's like it's moving into oh, humans. Shit. So. <laughs> oh, damn. Oh, guys. Oh, guys. I'm scared. So basically, it's not far off. And look, 
I don't want to like scare anybody. Too late. I, I definitely scared myself during the research. Like I scared oh, myself. So this is this is after we are taking a break from apocalypse movies after this. But anyway, so the science of this movie is actually great in terms of its accuracy. Mm. It's it's not bullshit. It's not an unlikely way that the world might end yeah. fungal infections. Cause, because fungus, uh, fungus are a whole thing. And we're learning more and more about fungus, fungi, fungi, fungi. Somebody need, we'll, we need to have that guy on the pod. He'll, he'll help us yeah. understand how to say all these <laughs> things. But I mean, fungus, fungus is this thing that we are learning so much about. Yeah. That I don't, are you into, uh, have you um, been on top of the whole um, wood wide web science, scientific discoveries? With the fungus God, and no. the trees and all that stuff. <laughs> no. no. I am so into it. And actually, I'm, I've got two, I'm reading two books at, at the same time about okay. this. One is called, well, I've just finished The Overstory by Richard Powers. And the other one is called The Hidden Life of Trees by some like German forester, forest man. By some yeah. German forest man. But he does trumpeting, trumpeting around the forest, like figuring stuff out. It's true. It's like this forest guy. Um, so, so the thing about this movie is that what it talks about with Melanie <coughs> and the other neonites is symbiosis. Yes. That what she thinks has, what Dr. Caldwell thinks has happened is that the fungal infection ravaged the humans that it infected as adults. Mm. Sure. The neonites managed to develop a symbiosis with the fungus instead of being killed by yeah. it. <clears throat> and this is something we see in nature as yeah. well, um, where fungus are able to form symbiotic relationships with things around them in a way which is just almost magical. It's mm -hmm. almost magical. And, and where this has been seen is in forest. So as I said, like for a long time, the fungi were seen as being harmful and parasitic and they caused disease and they caused dysfunction, right? But more recently that certain types of fungi can actually exist in symbiosis with plants. So they don't bring around infection, but connection, oh, okay. which is kind of what's happening with Melanie. This movie is very on point with the fact that fungi can be destructive, but also under the right conditions form a symbiosis okay so and this is a connection which is about 450 million years old okay that where some fungi in symbiosis can benefit from the association and vice versa and what the fungi do is they send out these uh, fine very fine fungal tubes it's called hyphae so, and infiltrate the soil and weave into the tips of plant roots at a cellular level. So, the roots and the fungi <laughs> combine. <laughs> they combine and they grow together. And so, individual plants actually join one another using the hyphal network, okay. which is why it's called the wood wide oh. web. So, it's this complex structure that trees and plants can connect to one another and send messages to each other using the fungus, which is crazy. And in exchange, the fungi siphon off food from the trees. So they take the sugar from the trees that is produced during photosynthesis to feed on themselves. And then 
the plants also are in turn able to get nutrients from the fungi that the fungi get from the soil, like nitrogen and phosphorus with like because the trees don't have an enzyme that they can use to to process nitrogen and phosphorus but the fungi too the fun but the fungi but the fungi do but the fungi but the fungi have the enzyme um so food distribute sugar distribute nitrogen distribute phosphorus um but another thing is this is even more fascinating is that they use the network to send each other warnings if one plant is under an under attack, it can indicate to another plant or all the surrounding plants that it should raise a defensive response before the aphids even reach it. And and this has been people have collected samples of like enzymes or whatever it is that get released from the trees um, ages away from where the tree is that's been attacked. And this is done through the symbiotic uh, relationship with the fungus that allows them to use the fungus to send messages. It's magical. It's completely magical. So this movie shows us two different sides to um, fungus, the destructive side and the symbiotic side. And the symbiotic side is, is over, you know, hundreds and millions of years of slow, slow evolution. Yes. Okay. And yeah, that's, yeah, that's really interesting. It is really cool because I kind of like, it is, that's one of the things I liked about the movie actually, because after I watched it, I wondered what people thought of it, right? And I went and I had a look at, um, I just, I'm just saying this now because you brought up the symbiosis and the evolution thing. And I ended up on a subreddit, um, that was talking uh, where there was a thread talking about the girl with all the gifts and somebody was saying that they had just they'd read the book and watched the movie and they were wondering what people's kind of thoughts were on if the hungries if the if the infection was actually occurred what would it be like against society and stuff and I kept seeing all these responses from everyone saying oh it'd be the next stage in human evolution and I was like I massively disagree with this because um yeah i ended up actually commenting on it because you know i was like hang on a second i <laughs> did that girl i good, did good for you abby <laughs> yeah i just i found that a kind of confusing idea that everyone kind of got that i was like i don't see where you're coming from that this is the next stage in human evolution it's evolution it's just it's not our evolution it's the next stage in the evolution of this fungus you know especially after mm. what you've just described and not it's humans kind of mimicking right. to me the origins of our own evolution because when you okay. think way back to the development of cyanobacteria and you know we had single cell organisms all over earth way back when when you know the earth first formed and over time as it warmed up and water was on the surface and atmosphere was kind of there but not really And then what happened was there was these, you know, there's these organisms and they're basically like feeding off of each other. And one day, one cell (laughs) thing took another cell thing and instead of it like digesting, it stayed alive inside of it and it became a symbiotic relationship. And that symbiotic relationship turned into mitochondria. And mitochondria Mm. is the thing that we all survive on because that's the powerhouse. That's the thing that allows ourselves to 
take in um, food and like energy and and build. And it was all of this is what kind of led to then like cyanobacteria, which developed um, the ability to use photosynthesis. Sorry. Cyanobacteria then developed the ability to take the energy from the sun, release the oxygen. The development of that and the rise in the evolution of cyanobacteria allowed our planet to have an atmosphere, which allowed for more complex creatures and allowed for us to become (laughs) like like humans and animals and everything that we all are and how we survive and the plant life, the abundance of plant life all over the planet... All exists because we have an atmosphere, which all exists because this bacteria figured out how to synthesize energy from the sun. And it all exists because of this symbiotic relationship. And I just thought it was really, really cool. And I was like, this is an evolution story. This is a symbiotic relationship. This is a new being. It's a new evolution, but it is not the evolution of humanity. It is the end of humanity and it is the beginning of something entirely new. That's right. Well, th- well, this was my thing. I was just like, this is, this is like, it's supposed. My my whole feeling in the end was right. This is an evolution story, but it's an evolution of a pathogen, not of humanity. The story is the end of humanity, but because of the way, yes. the actions that Melanie has done, which I guess is the actions of the combination of the pathogen and humanity, that it's actually the destruction of everything. It's the end of everything because yeah. they don't have a food source anymore. So they're done for that's it they can't possibly survive unless they can control their eating habits and learn how to farm animals and then it's just a case of restarting the humanity story but with a different being there are a couple of tidbits as well little science tidbits in the movie just want to give a nod okay because i really like a movie that gives you that technical detail Mm. just chuck it in there for example soft bullets what soft bullets why are they soft well, they're soft because they're hollow at the tip so that when they go into the body, they come apart inside the body and they don't go out the other side. And that reduces the amount of blood spatter oh. so that it it spreads less infections. They invented a special bullet oh, okay. just for zombies. Well, no, no hollow yeah. tips are, they do exist, don't they? Well, yeah, I guess if you're saying hollow t- that. Hollow bullets and they, <laughs> yeah, I think they do because I think they're known as like, they're one of the most... But, that makes in that's an interesting point if that's a thing that they um that they have less blood yeah. splatter because my understanding of them is that they cause the most destruction on the inside because they come apart on the inside. Yeah, it smushes a, a hollow point bullet is an expanding bullet used for controlled penetration. Where over penetration, stop saying penetration, could cause collateral damage in the target shooting. You're the one saying yeah, it. Yeah, so in this one, it, it causes a lot of destruction. But um, in the movie, they want to have us believe that it that it causes, it might come apart in the body, the bits mm. come apart. But it leaves less spatter so that you can't... Um, less yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's what no, they're that's saying. That's cool. That's cool. Okay. All right. Well, I think is there any other bits of bits of this movie? Like, I feel like we there's a lot of science in there, and I am fucking done with pandemics for ages, Abby. For (laughs) ages, we are gonna do like I'm done. That's it. No more pandemics. (laughs) So I think that brings us into our final bit. Everybody's favorite as what? what, It's what the fuck? Okay, just play the music. (laughs) What the? 
What the fuck? Abby, you're going to go first for this one. Okay. What was your moment in the movie which made you go, oh, what the shit? Right. I can't remember characters' names, right? But you know the, um, when the, when the place is being overrun. Okay. And they're dragging out Miss Justino, the soldiers, and Melanie, Miss Justino, and Melanie comes out. So she runs towards Miss Justino and she jumps on the dude soldier and starts eating his neck. <laughs> and the woman soldier stands there with her gun and stares. And at no point does she just shoot. And I'm like, okay, hang on. But huh. you know that as soon as he's bit, he's dead. So you're not not shooting because you're worried about hitting him because you know it's too late for him. Why aren't you That's shooting right. her? You're shooting everything else. Why are you hesitant? I just, I honestly was just like, why didn't she just shoot the fucking kid? As soon as he jumped on, as soon as she jumped on him, I know for the point of the story, like obviously you don't want that to happen. But I just, I didn't believe that she wouldn't have just shot her straight out. It drove me crazy. Yeah. I was like, just fucking shoot her. Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching the scene. I'm watching it, I okay. want to see. I just put it up, I have to watch this. <laughs> There you go, the car comes. He, she's running. What does she see? He hits Miss Justin O. Fuck, why does he do that? Yeah, it's weird, she, right? She just runs. Oh, do you know what it is? Yeah, yeah, she's like, eh, I can't see where to aim. The answer is just kill both of them. Like, and then she puts her gun down and then goes and then Melanie yeah, jumps on her. It's yeah. Bonkers. And then the guy's just dying out. I agree. She's just like, eh, where do eh. I shoot? It's like, what you know what where do you is? shoot? She's bitten him. He's gone. You know this. You're trained for this. Like, what? And then she takes she takes a big old bite. She sits and chills and just swallows. And she's like, oh, man, I'm, yeah. I'm full. <laughs> That's uh, how I feel after I've had pizza. Fed. I'm just... I love the way she lies down and goes to sleep. It's awesome. Yeah. Okay, this is what I think about that. This is what I think about that. Yeah, you ready? This is like the one at a time attacks yes. in movies. When there's a villain in the middle and there's people around him and everyone can only attack one at a time for the purpose of making a movie. Mm. And sometimes it's just terrible and it makes no sense. That's all. It's like some of them, like Batman, it's Batman is, it depends which which Batman, but I only fight one at a time. I fight each one of you. (laughs) Um, Some movies is just terrible and some movies like Kill Bill is awesome. And this one, it's, yeah, yeah it's just terrible. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that was my what the fuck. That was just that. It was like, and to be fair, I didn't have too many in the sh- in throughout watching it, actually. Like, but that was just the first one where I just was like, oh, my God, yeah. why? You know, like ah, the so bad choreography. What was your what the fuck? Yeah. Zombie fucking babies. <laughs> zombie babies. Zombie babies. Because the zombie babies is always like a question. You're like, zombie babies? <laughs> You just wonder. And Dawn of Dawn of the Dead, the new one, does give a zombie baby. Zombie babies are always a thing where you're like, what about zombie babies? So this movie tells us, first of all, do they have teeth? They ate their way out of the mother's womb, so they're yeah. the zombie babies. Do they have teeth? Whatever. Oh, that was, yeah. Okay, who cares? So zombie babies. So they've taken the zombie babies and they've raised the zombie babies. Fine. The zombie babies that weren't raised, um... Why did they not just die? Right? Maybe they had dead maybe mothers. Maybe they grew for a while inside the body, kept growing. <sighs> I don't know. But then the mother's Shut infected and the mother's mouth. dead. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> what? Shut up. 
Oh God, you're right. You answered the question. No, no, I, because I, the mother's I, been infected, I, so the mother's dead, and they don't eat dead. They don't eat the other zombies. That's right. <laughs> it makes no. Oh my God, they, this makes no sense. You've ruined the whole movie. <laughs> unless the placenta. Uh, yeah. No. Unless they had some weird. Maybe it's exclusive with the mother or yeah. something like that. Because she would have been infected in one event and then the pregnancy continues. I think to me, zombie—it's just zombie yeah. babies, zombie babies, zombie babies raising oh. themselves on the streets. But in general, zombie babies. Look, what do we do about the zombie? I baby? have to admit, <laughs> the feral fucking children. The the two scenes with the feral children just ruined the whole movie for me. <laughs> I was so annoyed at um, them. I was like. They hollowed Kieran no, out. The Kieran, the actual out. Kieran death scene was pretty good. I was like, "Oh, this is gross," and poor Kieran. But like, he should have exploded the grenade. Yeah, good why idea. didn't he explode didn't the execute. grenade? Like you, you threatened Would it. You? I was How like, you know? "Oh, I can either pull the pin and die immediately by gun blast, or I can just lie here and allow these tiny zombie children to eat my body <laughs> while I slowly die in agonizing pain." They built him up to be a bit of a bit of a yeah. doofus, you know. Oh, but like he, he was, was right there. I was like, just That's pull fine. the pin. But they couldn't do that because they would have killed the zombie yeah. babies, and they needed the zombie babies. So it's not this movie isn't brilliant. Yeah. It's just it's no. Just, I it's just I was solid. into it, it's and the thing is, I wasn't even really against them. Uh, what I was against was it was like you had everything was going really well, and then you just suddenly it was like, oh, it's Lord of the Flies. They've got paint across their faces. They're like little cavemen. <laughs> they're making, they're speaking with, you know, some tribal vocalizations. And that scene, the thing is, you said something earlier, which makes me think you really enjoyed that scene. But I, oh, that I love scene that with scene. Melanie and the kids, I was like, this is You're scared painful. of me. Look at me. Don't look at them. I thought, it, I found I it painful. I liked it. She's awesome. No, I I was just like, this is so ham right now. We don't agree. This is like ridiculous. It was good. She's cool. I liked it. I didn't care what you said. I was like, no, no. This like just the shout. I was like, oh, stop it. Stop it. And then she was getting. To be honest with you, I have to say as a follow on from that, that the ending scene just fucked me off. So in the end, she sets fire to the big fungus tree. No, not that scene. And explodes all the pods. Yeah. I know, I'm just leading up to it. I know, Abby. God, go just oh, God, Abby. watch the movie for Explodes all the pods. The pods explode and then everything is infected. And then we cut to the final scene of the movie where Miss Justin now is teaching all the kids from the safety of her airlock. And, and there's feral children and red pajama children combined and Melanie is the leader mm. of the pack and she's basically keeping the feral children in line and she's reading them stories and Melanie's in the yeah. box. No, just knows in the um, box, yeah. At the end of the movie. Just to know is in the... Sorry. Oh God. Melanie starts off in a box. Just to know ends yeah. with a box. There's Schrodinger's box and there's Pandora's I box. Just... Four boxes. Rate them from <laughs> one to four. Who's your favourite box in think... the movie? I think the problem for me with the end was that final scene. Well, I I think I would have liked it more if it had ended. You know, there's just just before the final scene, there's the Melanie gets to the airlock. And there's just that moment of Melanie and there's just no on either side of the airlock. I would have enjoyed if it had just ended there. 
But then okay. having that scene with but the classroom did. thing, I just it mm. it just brought too many questions up for me. Because I was like, if it had just ended there, you could just your own mind can go like, oh, I wonder what happened next. Yeah. But with that scene, I, I was just went, oh, wait, I okay, what's Miss Justino eating? How is she surviving? How are they getting her yes, food? That was my question. What's going to happen when Thank the you. kids are realize that they don't have any food? Are they just going to overrun the airlock somehow? Cause I know it, it. It's a little bit. Im- it's too implausible for a movie which was so plausible. It then becomes so implausible, and uh, that that's. I think we we talked this in the very first episode when we talked about why we started this podcast. I was complaining about how, you know, movies that give too much detail and then not enough detail, and like not knowing where the where where they are going to lie creatively. Mm-hmm. And the thing about this movie is that it wants to be plausible. It wants to be scientific, but then when it's convenient, it just is like eh, whatever somehow yeah but like how did the babies raise themselves i'm sorry <laughs> that was stupid and why did they have paint okay now that we're talking about it it is more it's getting more and more fucking stupid <laughs> they have paint in their face and i love that they're in a library and they With have like a baseball bat which yeah, is like it's, it's, it's it the is caveman stupid. club you know okay, the sack fine. and the wild I, hair I and the white it. paint and the caveman's club <laughs> that's what they're doing you have convinced me <laughs> this movie has got is yeah well, I, okay, you win. I don't like it when you're in an explainy movie and then it just decides yeah. to say fuck it. Um, all right. I think that I like disagreeing with you on yeah. movies. It's well, it's fun. because we've both and got very case, different. You're kind like, I think it's cool. Yeah. Like, you think about movies in a different way. You like different types of movies to me, and we don't have to always agree on movies. So, yeah. It's weird that we're both female and yet we're both different, <gasps> which brings us to our first part of the final verdicts. Sorry, that was beautiful. Did it? I'll let you stop laughing. No, go on. I don't segue often, but when I do. Go on. Abby, did it pass the Bechdel It test? did. It did. Woo! It actually Finally. did. Finally. <laughs> it's been so long. <laughs> I have a quote. An interview with Colin McCarthy. Awesome. The question, was it a conscious decision to have a number of central strong women roles in the movie? Yes. We wanted to, to develop. Yes. We wanted to develop a story that started with strong female characters who aren't defined by their male relationships. Both Mike and I have teenage daughters. We thought about how pathetic the Bechdel test is. Yes. That's the standard. Yeah. Two women have talked to each other about men. Fuck that That's shit. my problem with it, it as well. It I was... feel like as we move on, we need to develop our own versions of the Bechdel test. And it's happened in many places. Like I said, yeah. the um, the Guilty Feminist podcast, one of my favorite, absolute favorite podcasts, They when they talk mm-hmm. about the Bechdel test... They mention it, they extend it slightly more where it's like, oh, they have to speak for at least a minute, you know, or they have to this, they have to that. Like, and that's, that's what I mean. I feel like just having it as just two women who exchange a couple of sentences that aren't about a man and that they have to have names. It's so minimal. We definitely need to expand Uh, on uh, it. I have my own. I've developed my own rule. I just cited. Now, yeah. Could it be played by a man? Could that character be you, – you replace most of the dialogue, apart from the dialogue is specific mm. to, like, her vagina. Okay, fine. So if you took that entire character and you had a man play it, would it would it be reasonable? 
And if the answer is yes, then I would say that passes a serious test for me. I think, yeah. And I think you're right, because I think all of them, even the Miss Justino character could have been a man. Absolutely. There are many movies about nurturing teachers where the teachers yeah. are played by men. That's not, it doesn't need yeah. to be a woman. I agree with you. And I but, like that version. Yeah, the clothing. Can I bring up another test actually that I've been, I've been, I've thought yeah, about on. it a lot, about mentioning it a lot and I've never actually um, brought it up yet. Okay. Yeah. So there's this other test and we've just not had really kind of opportunity for me to bring it up, but I have been wanting to bring it up for a while. And I think because of Melanie, I would like yep. to bring this up here because It's something that happened, I think, back in like 2016. And it's related to um, Ava DuVernay, who is a black director, female director who directed the movie Selma. And but the idea behind the DuVernay test would be that um, the characters portrayed by black people and other minorities would have fully realized lives rather than serve as scenery in white stories is the way that um, Mm -hmm. the film critic uh, coined the term. And I just think it's really cool because it's just this idea and I feel like it does kind of resonate in this movie because Melanie's character is entirely her own and it has absolutely nothing to do with race whatsoever. So I would just like to mention the DuVernay test and I feel that that's a nice little... Yeah, and actually, I did read from Colin McCarthy. I heard in a in a um, featurette about the making of the movie that he did write Melanie that nothing about her what she looked like mm. at all, so that they could cast anybody whoever was best for the job. So it seems like these directors they are two white men, but it doesn't mean that they can't um, be forward thinking in terms of making sure that they do. Um, not represent those groups of people in that way, which is actually it's kind of old-fashioned yep. and dated. We don't need to be doing that anymore. That's something movies did for us. That's not real life, yeah. where women have to be dressed differently than the men in a uh, in a pandemic, or um, whether or not black people have to play certain types of characters that are just like sidekicks. That's movies have done that to us. That's not real life. So, um, but it seems like these these filmmakers are people that. They're interested in, in being a bit more modern, a bit more progressive about the way they tell stories, which it resonates more naturally with us. Yes. All right. Next question. Did it pass the Here Comes the Science? A, yeah, I think test. it did from, from what you've described about in terms of like the, the basis of the science totally. They did have that moment, yeah, all right, the, you know, the classic <clears throat> moment where we're going to explain it to you now. But it yes, didn't right. come off in the way it normally does. It actually came quite mm. natural. It came a little bit more. I was like, okay, well, you do need to explain this right now. Um, Melanie doesn't know. Yeah. <laughs> and it, yeah, it wasn't That's set right. up like, we've created this character who doesn't know what's going on just so that you can explain what's going on. It was it was in conversation and it was a bit more natural. So yeah. So I think it did for me. How do you feel yeah. about it? Yeah. Yeah, we had a movie with a here comes the science moment and it was a good moment and bonus points that the science was like yeah. fun to look into and and, and totally um, it tracks and it's not unlikely <laughs> and zombie ants, yeah. Final verdict, um, out of five stars, what do we give it? Abby, you go first. Um, I'm going to give it 3.9 zombie limbs. And I'm going to do... I think that's what I'll give it. I can't believe I gave Um, it higher than you did. 
<laughs> I'm surprised. Yeah, I was I was yeah. gonna give it over three point five, but I mm. definitely I just want to save my high one. I think for, I yeah, I did um, just really appreciate it as it a good. new take on a zombie movie. Definitely, it went somewhere I didn't expect yeah, it to go, definitely. and I appreciated that. But I have yeah. to knock points off for the feral yeah. children because it was too painful. It <sighs> didn't make me cry, but it made me smile, Aww. and it, it excited me. <laughs> but uh, I like when the movie makes me fucking cry okay like in moon and I stuff really like that i really don't like when a so, movie makes me cry that i do i do like a movie i like to, <laughs> i like to be my face to feel like it's coming off all oh, right okay you know you know what i mean you know when you're feeling emotion yeah. your face just like radiates oh. and you're just like that's very oh. sweet i can tell you right now hey. that the next one is not going to do that for you <laughs> well yeah. that was going to be my question abby because yeah. tell us what is the next very movie excited. choice go so, there's been something I've been wanting to do for a while. And I'm go- okay, it's shit. something that this is going to be the first of many. Okay. I'm going to bring you on a journey. And I'm very excited to bring you on a journey. Frida has her head in her hands. <laughs> I think she knows what's coming. <laughs> we are going to take a step through the world of superheroes comics it's marvel mcu we're starting at the start we're going right back to the beginning first one captain america the first avenger isn't the first one x-men one no fuck x-men <laughs> i'm going with a really specific thread are- right <laughs> Please no, I'm going X-Men? with a specific Aww. thread. I'm going with a, pe- a specific... Now, it's unlikely that I will make us do every single Marvel movie, but I will definitely make us do every Marvel movie that has a strong science basis to it. There's always a scientist. There's always a science reason that the superpowers have occurred. Um, and this one is like... First Avenger, we're back in the 40s. It's the start of the story. It's the birth of Steve Rogers. It's Nazi scientists. It's super soldier serums. I'm ready for it. Oh, shit. It's okay. okay. It's not going to be every one of my movie choices. I will have other ones. But every time we come around to this movie slot for the blockbuster, we're doing Marvel, man. All right. So now we know what the next movie title is. Captain America. That'll be in two weeks time. Next week, slashes. Yes. Is that yes. right? Um, oh, Jesus. What one are we on? <laughs> Time travel. Oh, my God. Travel. Titanic. Geostorm. Scream. Girl gifts. Cabin in the Woods. It's Cabin in the Cabin Woods. Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods. Next week, join us for Cabin mm. in the Woods, two out of four of our slasher miniseries. If you want to join us in... If you want to join us in two weeks' time, please do. Also, please, 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 but please give us a rating if you have time and subscribe to the podcast on whatever your chosen player is. Okay, thanks for listening. If you want to get in contact, email us, scienceatthemovies at gmail.com. Catch us on Instagram at scienceatthemovies and our Twitter account now, which is movies underscore science. Yes. Wonderful. All right. See you next time. Bye. Fucking Marvel. Shit.